Good to have you here at Bueller MB. I want to encourage you to find somebody you haven't talked to this morning for just a minute and say, good morning, so good to see you. Let's greet one another today. Hey, go ahead and have a seat. And once again, good morning. And uh, once again, my sidekick is the camp. But we'll get to that in a minute. Hey, I um, uh, just wanted to keep you aware of some things. First of all, how can we pass this up? Bueller MB is apparently the church that has the best lawns in the town. Last month, it was Ross and Serena Heidi, best lawn in town. And this week, Isaacson's, way to go. We know how to take care of our lawns, and I take anybody's advice if they want to come help me take care of mine. So that's good stuff. Obviously, as we've said, there's not quite as much going on around here, but a couple things just to keep you apprised of. College group, kind of winging it. Not tonight, but keep it... Uh, watching your texts and at the Wickers, uh, they had a launch last week and they're going to keep that up. BBS is coming up. We talked about that last week. Thanks, man. Appreciate that a lot. <clears throat> um, you'll see in the bulletin there's a couple of volunteer opportunities. We were talking through some uh, committees and things that you can do. You can watch for that in the bulletin as well. And uh, just wanted to keep you aware we like to support not only sort of our ministries, which Sunshine Meadows is, but also sort of the businesses in town, which they're kind of a hybrid, and they're having their lunch today. So if you forgot about that, and you're like, oh, I was just going to go to Pizza Hut. Why did I say Pizza Hut? No idea. What I meant was Inman Pizza there, right? So maybe you can stay at Sunny's if you want. As always, we are Bueller MB, and we want to remind ourselves of our mission and vision, so we're going to put it up on the screen and I know so many of you were concerned about what I, you know, that I didn't let Latina talk last week. And I told you I would talk to them about it. And I'm going to start with them today because they have some exciting news, Simona and Latina. So I'm coming for you. Okay. So this is the, uh, this, if you're a guest today with us, we're trying this, you know, we're trying to change our culture a little. This is our opportunity as the mission and vision are up on our screen to remind us who we are, what we're about. This is our chance to share together how we've seen God work in whatever ways, okay? So that's what's going on here. And uh, it's okay. <laughs> Wait, okay, we're good. Okay. Um, my daughter and I, um, we finally got our own rental after 16 months of not having our own house. And um, we just moved in a couple of days ago, and we are happy. And I wanted to also thank the community. Um, there's a lot of people in this church and also in the other church that has pulled together and helped my daughter and I. And I absolutely love you guys. We would not have been able to do this move without you. And thank you. Uh, bye. Okay. Oh, see, see, I can't get a break, man. <laughs> no, I'm so glad you shared. Thank you. So uh, if you haven't 
let me let me let me catch some of you up. So just some changes going around, and uh, Simona made a change, and uh, she's been able to get into a, a rental house, and a lot of the community, including a lot of people in our church, have responded well to help her get set up again. Hey, that's the church in action, right? Right. right. Okay. So thank you for sharing. So. Uh, and again, I know that so many of you didn't sleep well this week because the pastor dissed a little kid in church. I didn't really. Okay. So I'm wondering if there's anybody else that would like to share today something that God is doing in uh, your life or that you've seen. Hello. I just want to thank the ladies, especially in our prayer group, Bible study and everything, because my um, granddaughter-in-law, I guess you call it, has passed her full in RN degree, and we're so happy God answered prayer. She's been working hard on it, and she passed every bit of it, so she's a full RN. Absolutely. Thank you, Lord. Yep, absolutely, Barbara. Thank you. I should, I should tell all of you to give your names if you're, if maybe we didn't, we can't see who's thought. There's Barbara Brooks. Um, and, you know, she makes an allusion to uh, the women's, you know, <clears throat> we're constantly in, what do I want to say? You know, we're in motion about groups and things, and we, we have our Sunday groups, and there's some other groups that meet, and some other things, and whatever. Uh, the women that meet on Wednesdays, and then these gals that go out to lunch on Sunday afternoons, that's who she was alluding to, somewhere in the middle of all these gals, and they've been praying for her, and so we're glad to hear that answer to prayer. Thank you for sharing. Anybody else? Yes, indeed. Lou. Lou Schrader. Lou Schrader. <laughs> um, it's not a biggie, but 22 years ago, we had a foreign exchange student, oh, yeah. Heiko Moeller. And um, I've, we've actually kept contact off and on all these years. And he made a trip back here. You know, we don't know what... You know, if we've had influence in his life, he did come to church here with us, and, you know, he knows our lifestyle and, and how we live. But it was, I guess, the relationships that you have, you don't know where they're going to last and where they're not. And it was good to hear his story again, and, and it's amazing how you just flip back. He's 42 years old, has a 13. 12-year-old kid, but when he was sitting at our table, he was 18 again. <laughs> um, so who we impact, we don't know. Um, when we impact them, we don't know. And how long we impact them, we don't know. So I guess my challenge to me is sometimes we take our relationships here for granted, and as we, as we age, and I'm listening to a tape that talks about, you know, as you age, those relationships become um, who we are. And instead of becoming ingrown, we need to remember to reach out to other people around because relationships are really the key of what we have. Yep, yep. Very good. Thanks for sharing. Absolutely. You never know what... We talk about seeds planted sometimes, right? You just never know. Sometimes they can really take off. So I take one more today. And uh, while you're thinking, I will say I see we've got some guests in the house today or some visitors, and welcome to you guys as well. And um, anybody else? And there's going to be more Sundays to do this. 
obviously. Um, I really hate talking in front of everybody, so I've actually been holding on to this one for a little bit. Um, but as we just talked about seeds planting, um, a few weeks ago I was in town and I had a little bit of extra time um, after an appointment, and so I went to bookends. And while I was there, I was just really perusing, and this young man had come in and he had a like a backpack and a guitar. And he went up to the cashier and they said, how are you doing today? And he said, well, I'm actually doing really bad. And they said, oh. And he said, well, I just got um, evicted from my um, apartment hmm. and I can't go back to school because I got a marijuana charge and I don't really know what I'm gonna do, but I guess I'm gonna try to go back to California. So they just kind of brushed him off and I felt bad for the guy. And I kept looking at my books, and when I went out to the car, I saw the guy sitting on the corner, and he's just sitting there with his bag. And um, that week, we um, got our lawn mowed. Like you guys were talking about getting your lawn mowed. We don't take <laughs> care of ours. Right. Um, so anyway, Ray and I both had gotten money out for the guy, so I had some extra money with me. And I went up to him, and I tried to engage with him, and I was like, hey, and he wouldn't look at me. He just kept looking the other way. And I was like, hi. And he kept not looking at me. And if you know me, this was like very hard for me to, <laughs> to deal with. So um, I just stood there for a minute. I was like, is he deaf? Can he not hear me? What's going on? And does he have earbuds in? And I'm like, looking, it's really weird. And so finally I just started talking and I said, hey, um, I wasn't trying to eavesdrop, but I heard you talking to the cashiers and I heard um, your story. And I just wanted you to know that you know, I've been there and I've been in a similar situation where I didn't have a home and I didn't know where I was gonna go and I know what kind of struggle it is and I know how hard and what you're gonna face and I'm gonna pray for you and also I want you to have this because it's not much but maybe it'll help you a little bit. So he just turned and he goes, are you trying to be nice to me? <laughs> and he was like shocked and I said, yeah man, I, I'm just trying to talk to you. He goes, I thought I was in trouble. And I said, no, absolutely not. And I was just like, I really hope you have a good journey. And he said, thank you. And I turned around and left. So I just, um, I continued, I didn't get his name because, you know, I was all weird about the situation. Um, <laughs> but I, I do think about him a lot and I pray for him that, you know, just letting him know that I was thinking about him and praying for him and trying to let him know that somebody out there cares even if it's a stranger, I'm just really hoping that will impact his life going forward. Absolutely. Thank you for sharing, Lace. Um, uh, again, I don't have to commentate on everything, but you guys know me pretty well. You know that my particular take on our culture is we're getting really introverty, and for an extrovert, that's hard. So what I heard partially in her very good story was I just needed to engage somebody. Huh? Yeah. Just talk. How you doing? You're not in trouble. Can I pray for you? Good. Thanks. Uh, we'll keep doing this. Again, we're slowly changing our culture a little bit, and uh, we, we uh, want to be about that. And so that's uh, the, the motivation behind that. And I just wanted, I appreciate you all sharing so much. It strikes me that I also have meant to do this for weeks. I just can't keep forgetting uh, I'm going to mention the connection cards now that 
we have connection cards. It, technically, this thing in front of you is called a hymnal rack. Um, whatever you want to call it, there are connection cards in there. And if you want to think about filling one out, if I spring it on you at the end like we've been doing for all these months, then you're like, oh, I don't have time, or ah, it's okay to... But maybe now, during the service, if something strikes you, fill out a connection card, and you can drop it in the bucket on the way out, okay? Okay. Uh, we're going to take a hard transition here to several things, and we're going to cover the gambit of emotions, okay? I'm just going to warn you ahead of time. Because the first thing is, Dustin sent us uh, a video. Uh, the high schoolers uh, are at camp, so while Lori's going to get that ready, I'll just say, when do we think they're coming back? Wednesday. Tuesday. Okay, parents say Tuesday. My admin says Wednesday. Who am I going to believe? No, so sometime. So... Uh, let's go with this video if we can. Here's what Dustin sent us. It's hilarious. What's up, Beeler MV? We're uh, here at Senior High Camp in Glorieta, New Mexico, and um, I don't think you guys need to worry about us too much. Um, we did have AC, and we still do have <laughs> AC in the rooms, and so we slept very cold last night. Yeah, so it was, it was pretty, pretty cool. Um, one of the things that our speakers talked to us about um, is fire produces faith. Um, and reveals faith. So what, what kind of that um, has struck a chord with people like um, whether you would be in fire um, or you needed fire in your life um, will help you produce faith um, and reveal that stuff. And the messages have just been really nice and really uplifting and have, I feel like, brought a lot of good news to uh, hearts. And also we just want to thank you guys for your continued prayers and support. <laughs> okay, you can't have lost that the, the, those putters were being microphones. Did you catch that at the beginning? Oh my goodness, you guys are cracking me up. And it looks like poor Bryn might be the only girl in our group for this year, but whatever, she probably made it okay. So, uh, good for them. They'll be back uh, again Tuesday. Uh, elders met last Wednesday. Uh, yes, last Wednesday. And um, we wanted to make you aware of something. So it's very much out of my usual way of doing things. So I'm going to mostly read this. And I wanted you all to pay attention, okay? Thanks. On August 2nd, Kansas will hold a special election on an amendment to the Kansas State Constitution. The amendment has been called the Value Them Both Amendment. The elders and I, as church leadership, want to make you aware of this legislation and encourage you to vote. The issue at hand is a hot-button issue, and we're very aware of the emotions and responses it may stir. As followers of Jesus, we're focused on Jesus and showing him to our community. Amen? We would want to be careful about anything that might distract from that mission, and issues that are deemed political can be that sort of distraction. We are about promoting Jesus and his kingdom, not political issues, and we're not interested in becoming a political church. We would never want to be perceived as in your face about any political matter. But we believe this is an important issue, and we want you, our spiritual community, to be informed about it. Information about the amendment can be found at valuethemboth.com, right here at the bottom, 
and we want to encourage you to check it out. Check out this website, valuethembotha.com. We believe this amendment is an appropriate step for monitoring and regulating abortion in Kansas. So to be clear, we are a pro-life church, and we support this amendment and encourage you to do so as well. Okay? So we are not going to park here forever for long we encourage you to talk about it we encourage you to go to the website get informed and uh we just wanted you to know from a church leadership standpoint that's where we're at okay okay uh here's the part about the emotions i was telling you so we want to just uh express our condolences uh and blessings to teeny you see her dad passed away thursday and she's there already and the rest of the family will join uh, soon and uh, unbeknownst to me <laughs> shucks <laughs> my mom died last night <laughs> it's all good it's all good god is good all the time <laughs> um <laughs> not a surprise for those of you that are guests she's been declining for weeks but now it's, it's a happy time. <laughs> um, because some of you may wonder, um, I'll be here next week still. I know that seems strange, but because we had a family thing planned for a week, uh, another week out, we're going to just tack on the <laughs> service before our gathering. So I'll be here next Sunday, I'll be here all week, and then I'll be out for a bit as we go take care of her and have some family time. So I appreciate your prayers and support. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> Absolutely. Here, you're going to have this. Pray for our service, too, because I'm apparently need a moment. So, yeah. Father God, you are the gracious God of all of life and in physical death. But we know that she has transferred from one style of living to another. Yep. She is not here, but she is there. And we are so grateful, Lord. And I just pray for Pastor Kurt, for Melissa, for the whole family, Lord, that this will be a time of celebrating and anticipating the reunion. It's going to happen. And she's not going to have any limitations. It's going to be a joyful time. And we are grateful, Lord. Thank you for loving us in ways that love us to life eternal. And we receive it with thanksgiving this morning, thanking you, Lord. And we just pray that our worship to you now this morning will be a celebration of your life in us, your life through us, and your life with us forever. Mm -hmm. And we are grateful in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thank you, brother. Appreciate that a lot. Yep. Thank you. Why don't you guys stand? We're here to worship. Let's do it.
Come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. Let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. Let us make a joyful noise to him with songs of praise. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are the depths of the earth. The heights of the mountains are also his. The sea is his, for he made it and his hands form the dry land. O come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are his people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand.
Great reminders this morning, worship team. Thank you for leading us so well today. Uh, you know, just real quick, uh, I knew uh, sharing with my church family would be hard. I'm that kind of guy. You guys are used to that already. But uh, let, me, let me tell you, um, there's nowhere else I'd rather be worshiping together and doing what I firmly believe God has called me to do, preaching his word today. And I want to encourage you, uh, like I said, we had a little bit of um, uh, emotional sort of all over the place, uh, but so don't lose, don't miss an opportunity to hear God's word today, okay? Okay, so um, here we are. And we are in the book of Acts. How are we doing? There we go. There's the screen we all have come to know and love. <laughs> and... Uh, just again, the, the, the quick reminders, we're talking about the Jesus movement. Luke has written this fantastic book that talks about the ministry and effects and everything of Jesus through his people after his death, resurrection, and ascension. And so we are, uh, we are clearly steaming through this. We've been here a while. We'll be here a while, and it's great stuff. But it's the, the Jesus movement, the beginning of the church, and we're seeing also especially how we can see this power of the Holy Spirit working in those early days. And so the last couple of weeks, just to remind us where we've been and then see where we're headed, uh, we talked about, you know, the first couple of, uh, uh, the, in the weeks past, we've seen the first couple of incidents where... 
some of the apostles, Peter first, Peter and John first were arrested and questioned, and then all the apostles are arrested and flogged, and they're still full of joy. We talked about that a couple ago. And then last week, you know, not a particularly provocative passage last week, and it's kind of the same thing again today, uh, but we saw the selecting of the seven. We talked about how important it was that God's church, God's people needed to not distract from the message. And if some of the uh, widows weren't being cared for, that might distract from their bigger message of who Jesus is and all that. So uh, we push on today and we're at the end of chapter six of Acts. And let me say this, we are still in Jerusalem. But you can see the light at the end of the tunnel now. So it's kind of cool. Remember, we have that little road map that uh, they said, we will be, the angel told them, you will be my witnesses, well, Jesus told them, you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, and then Judea and Samaria, bigger area, than all the ends of the earth, right? And so we've been in Jerusalem this whole time. But look, we can see the end is coming, and we're going to see the church spread farther places. But for now, we're still there. And um, uh, this morning, I've asked Curtis Morgan to come read the passage for us. So I'm going to have him come read uh, the passage. And some of you are wondering, was he supposed to read verse 1 of chapter 7? Yes, that's just where I decided to, well, I've had help too, but um, hi, brother. Good morning. Thank you for reading today. Acts chapter 6, verses 8 through chapter 7, verse 1. Now Stephen, a man full of God's grace and power, performed great wonders and signs among the people. Opposition arose, however, from the members of the synagogue of the freedmen, as it was called. Jews of Cyrene and Alexandria, as well as the provinces of Cilicia and Asia, who began to argue with Stephen. But they could not stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave him as he spoke. Then they secretly persuaded some men to say, We have heard Stephen speak blasphemous words against Moses and against God. So they stirred up the people and the elders and the teachers of the law. They seized Stephen and brought him before the Sanhedrin. They produced false witnesses who testified, This fellow never stopped speaking against this holy place and against the law. For we have heard him say that this Jesus of Nazareth will destroy this place and change the customs Moses handed down to us. All who were sitting in the Sanhedrin looked intently at Stephen, and they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Then the high priest asked Stephen, Are these charges true? Thank you, thank you, thank you. So, I'm going to tell you a little story. Uh, our sons, Brandon and Connor, we talk about them occasionally around here, a little bit. They're in their 20s now, right? They have this little ritual, or this little uh, thing they practice together, I don't know what you'd call it, but... Uh, when they were younger, when this movie came out, they, they watched this very silly movie called The A-Team. Whoops. Oh, I didn't mean to do that there. That's what I want to be. Uh, they watched this movie called The A-Team. Now, it's taken from that silly show from the 80s, and uh, somehow they latched on to this. And uh, they, they just laugh, and they, just, they can say the lines. And even to this day now, it's been a few years, a lot of years since this movie came out. Even to this day, when they come visit us in Bueller, Kansas, uh, they will watch it before we all part company again. And so we'll tease them, hey, did you guys watch A-Team last night? Yeah, we went to bed at about three. You know, okay. You know, you're driving home tomorrow. Anyway, you know, so it's been their little ritual. Uh, to watch this movie. 
And right now, some of you are going, what? <laughs> what are you talking about, vote? Here's the thing. The A-Team is a movie about a setup. It's a movie about a setup. And when you think about a setup, think about it right now. What does that mean in our world today? What, what's, what's a setup? Uh, a light version of a setup, I'll illustrate it before I get to maybe a silly definition or a proper definition. Uh, a light version of a setup would be some kids in the youth group handing me two big water balloons and saying, hold on to these for a minute, and then me not seeing their toothpick, a toothpick in their pocket. And then suddenly the joke's on me as they pop them and I get soaked. I've been set up, right? That's one kind of version of a setup. But the other version that's a little more serious is this idea that uh, it's a situation where someone is made to seem guilty of something they didn't do. A setup is where someone or someones are made to look guilty of something that they didn't do. And it turns out this, this A-Team movie is a classic setup movie. Because they uh, are friends, let's see, if I, Hannibal and Mad Murdock and Face, huh? B.A. and B.A. Baracus, yes. They, uh, they are comrades in the military and they are framed and they are set up. And so the whole movie, uh, besides the very large version and the action-y stuff they have, uh, is all about them righting this wrong from this setup. You with me? And so uh, that's an illustration for what a classic setup might be. And now if you haven't seen the A-Team, which from the looks on your faces, a lot of you haven't, <laughs> it's okay. Uh, it's a theme in television shows and movies, and I just picked that one. There's a lot of them that we talk about setups. And um, today, uh, I want to tell you that we are looking at a passage that is absolutely a setup, Okay. So here we have a leader in the church, a leader in the Jesus movement that we've been talking about uh, that is suddenly in the midst of his own setup. And today, for part of our talk today and part of what we're looking at in this passage, I just want us to look at the progression of this setup of Stephen. So if you have your Bible, you should already have it out, or you can uh, open your app or whatever, or just listen. Uh, Curtis read it so well. Again, not a particularly provocative, engaging passage in a lot of ways, but there's still some things, as we're true to the whole book of Acts, that we want to pull out of this. Everybody with me, church? Okay? Yeah. So here we are. So here's the progression of this setup. First of all, um, we see that Stephen is somehow doing amazing ministry. Verse 8 says he's, full, he's a guy full of grace and power. He's performing great signs and wonders among the people. He is doing ministry. He's successful. He's powerful. And he's staying on mission. So that's Stephen, a guy, let me remind you, he was picked as one of the seven last week. Well, thousands of years ago, actually, but, you know, he was one of the seven servants, deacons, whatever you want to say, he was one of those, so he's doing ministry, and wouldn't you know, he starts to attract some attention that Peter and John attracted, that the apostles attracted, now, Stephen is attracting the attention of these Jewish leaders and, and uh, legal uh, leaders of, uh, of the area, right, so, um, the, so with that being, you know, catching their attention, opposition starts to arise from the Jews. And um, we could still keep talking about why. Do you remember 
the week when Gamaliel, one of the guys on the Sanhedrin, said, hey, maybe if this is of God, we should let it go because then it's a good, you know. I, we don't know why that didn't stick bigger. And, and I think the assumption is, and I'm down with this, I think it's right that there was some of this, hey, we don't want to lose our power, our influence, and whatever else. So these Jewish leaders, obviously, when some other movement came up, they would absolutely be more than aware it might be changing their world too much. Now, uh, that's the worst case, that they were just interested in power and control and whatever. Let's give them a little break to say there might have been some of them are like, yeah, but we don't know that this is God. We, we, we've trusted Moses and the prophets all these years, and what's with this change now? So I don't, I don't know how that worked, but somewhere in the middle there, uh, they didn't like that the movement was happening, the Jesus movement. And remember, it doesn't help that they're really pretty much being accused of killing Jesus, you know, the leader of the movement, and, you know, as we know, the Messiah. So a lot of dynamics and going on there. But anyway, opposition from these Jews is, has arisen. Uh, the progression of the setup continues because Stephen's got their attention. They want to do something about it. And so they try, first of all, to engage with him. And in verse 10, uh, they couldn't stand up against the wisdom the Spirit gave Stephen as he spoke. So these Jewish leaders, these Jewish experts and whatever else, they say, well, let's engage this guy. And they can't compete with his debate ability and his uh, arguing it's, it's remarkable. Clearly, the Spirit of God was at work in Stephen, and they couldn't keep up. So here's where, here's where it comes. At some point, they have to make this decision, well, we're going we're gonna to take care of this guy. And so one of the first things they do, the Bible says, in verse 11, they secretly persuaded some people to say some bad things about Stephen. He's speaking blasphemy against God, against Moses. Or Moses God, you know, you know. They start, you know, so they 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 hire some guys to basically lie for them. They then stir up the people in verse twelve. Remember, the movement, the church was actually having quite a bit of favor with the people. That the Jews were careful about arresting them in front of too many people because they're like, well, these, I don't know, they, uh, everybody likes these guys, so we should be careful about arresting them. And they were careful a couple Sundays ago when we talked through that, right? So what they do is, well, let's start stirring up the people against them. Um, and now we've talked about causing ruckuses. It turns out these Jewish leaders are the ones trying to cause a ruckus in some ways. We're going to stir up the people against this movement and see if we can squash it once and for all. This Stephen guy, we need to shut him up. So they hire some guys, persuade some guys to lie. They stir up the people. And then um, the really interesting thing is then in verse 13, they produced false witnesses and they testified this fellow uh, won't stop speaking against this holy place and against this law. We heard him say this. And the interesting thing is uh, they're using a great technique in a setup. They're using half-truths and hearsay. And so uh, if you recognize this one especially, he, there's something about, well, we heard him say that this Jesus is going to destroy this place. Now you remember Jesus said, you destroy this temple, I'll rebuild it in three days. And that had a whole nother deal going on, right? So they start using, uh, you know, a little, bit of, a little bit of truth. Well, Jesus did sort of say something like that, but you guys need to hear the whole story, you know, and stuff like that. Half-truths and hearsay. 
So we're getting guys to straight out lie. We're stirring up the people and we're accusing him, uh, Stephen in this case, of, of all these things that are absolutely blasphemous and illegal. And so uh, the setup seems to be well in place, well in place. To the point, and why, uh, besides my commentator buddies that also made the, the, the uh, break here, uh, it feels to me like this is a good place to break at the end of, uh, beginning of chapter 7, because I think the Sanhedrin, those Jewish leaders, they're like, we've got a great case. So they ended by saying, hey, dude, are these charges true? Now, Next week, I'll probably say something about this again in a minute, but next week we have a really long passage to get through, and we're going to do a big long passage about uh, Stephen's response and what happens to him. A lot of you know what happens to him, but I'll save it for those of you that might not, and see what happens then with the church moving forward. But so, they think their case is made, you know, so they're basically saying, uh, you know, your honor, we rest, the prosecution rests. Stephen, are these charges true so that's the setup is, isn't it compelling if we could have known all those details and seen who they oh they got that they got jeremiah to lie for them you know and they got his wife and you know, or whatever you know uh, a, a really great story it could be a movie in itself and the setup is complete with their question so as usual, though, and we're going to get to it a little quicker today because I think it's important for us. Again, not a particularly deep theological passage in some ways. It's telling the story. We're moving the plot along, and we're going to see how it affects the movement in the weeks ahead, right? That's what we're doing, but we need to talk about this. So what about for us uh, can we catch from this? Uh, first of all, one of the most important things I think we need to understand about this is sort of a peripheral but important issue. And I, the way I want to say it is comprehensive ministry. Isn't it interesting, you may tell, ask yourself or tell yourself, that Stephen uh, was elected as one of those seven from last time, right? In the passage before. The, again, for lack, just we already said they weren't actually ever called deacons, but it's where the deacon role comes from. Care ministry, taking care of the widows, waiting on tables, serving, ministering, whatever you want to say. He was elected one of those seven, and that's who all of a sudden the shift of the story goes to. Because some of us uh, might think, well, uh, what, what was he doing, doing all that preaching and other ministry stuff anyway? See, the lesson for us is to say, look, he, he maybe was given a role that he needed to be responsible for. So with the other seven, take care of the widows equally, take care of all of them, you know, that's the job we've given you. But that doesn't mean you're just relegated to that task. Are you with me, church? See, we might be tempted to think, well, what was Stephen doing preaching the gospel and healing people and doing all these other things? Uh, because if we really want to live on mission, which is to share the gospel, to share Jesus, preach the gospel, share Jesus, we've got to be open to all sorts of opportunities and options. One of the questions for the groups that are doing uh, the sermon questions, I'd love for you to bat that about a bit. What does that look like? Uh, so, oh, I, I can't preach, you know, I, I can't do what Kurt and others do or whatever, and I, I can't do what Lacey did. I can't go engage. Well, that's all fine. Uh, but we have some responsibilities and assignment, but that doesn't neglect, you don't neglect any other opportunity that God might put in front of you. 
And so uh, it's really important for us to understand that we should have a comprehensive approach to ministry. Now, we're not all suited. Even the apostles in the previous passage, they said, well, look, we've got to keep our priorities right. And we talked about that. We've got to keep preaching the gospel. That's what we believe God has called and gifted us to do. But let's, you know, look, but if, if, if there's an opportunity for Peter or John or one of the apostles to see a way they could help the widows get treated properly, they should do it, right? So similarly, the guy that's serving and taking care of the widows, when he sees opportunities to help in some other way, to preach the gospel, he needed to do that, and that's what Stephen was doing. Uh, I always like to throw in these <laughs> quotes from my, uh, <laughs> my unknown uh, commentary buddies. Here's how he says it, just so we can sort of get a picture. And I know hearing quotes is harder communication sometimes, but bear with me. He says, uh, specialization may seem unavoidable. Christian ministries, though, need to be careful not to focus in a one-sided manner either on charitable, rel charitable relief work or only on preaching the gospel. So he's made two big areas, relief work, you know, care ministry kind of thing, and preaching the gospel. He says, we need to be careful. He says, a single person may not be able to do both in a competent fashion. That, for example, the apostles. And it's often possible, even necessary, to combine the two, certainly in a team context where Christians work together. Here's what, here's what I mean. I know that was hard. But as a church, because there's so many of us, and this alludes to a lot of other things in the New Testament, one body, many parts. You're not an ear, you're a hand or a foot. or you know, and that, That's sort of implied here as well, right? That we want to have a comprehensive ministry as a church, I'm stronger in this area, so I'm going to do that mostly. You're stronger in this area. You do that, you know. But we're comp we, we, don't, we always take advantage of options and opportunities. And that's what Stephen did in this case. He wasn't arrested because he was making sure the widows over here were being treated as well as the widows over here, was he? He was, he was arrested because he was preaching the gospel and changing lives for Jesus. Okay. So, comprehensive ministry. That's for us to really keep in mind. Not only... Uh, not only as a church, but also individually. What are you good at, and what can you be open to, even if it's not what you're good at? The second thing I think that's important for us, uh, for us to remember, opposition will almost assuredly come. Opposition will almost assuredly come. Uh, you know, we still very fortunately live in a place, and things are changing really fast in our culture, in our world, Yeah. I mean, stuff going on around us, stuff going on in over all sorts of places all over the world. So very currently, we are still blessed and fortunate, and I'm as glad as anyone that there's not going to be stormtroopers storming in here to tell us to quit worshiping. Amen. <laughs> you know, but opposition will come, and it may not come in such extreme ways. It may come in ways, you know, that are not quite so threatening and being arrested, uh, but it you know, Jesus himself said, in this world, you'll have trouble. We've been guaranteed that suffering will come in so many ways, but that Jesus has overcome the world. We can overcome suffering. Amen? Yeah. So, uh, but let's remember that opposition will almost assuredly come, and we should probably be prepared for that. For the church, it has definitely come, and it's getting worse. So look at the progression of that. The first one, they just talked to uh, Peter and John, and they're like, okay, let them go. Then they arrested all the apostles, and before they let them go, they felt like they had to flog them, beat them up. 
Well, for those of you that might not know what's coming next week, you know, there's, you know, it's getting worse. So what do you think might be happening next week, right? Let me talk about this. So uh, one more time, uh, and from my, one of my buddies here, Christians should not be surprised if their opponents, oh, I'm sorry, I should set this up. So it may not be arrests and threats that are physical and whatnot, but we know that even in Bueller, Kansas, in the middle of the USA, we may have an opposition of some point, maybe not as a church, maybe individually, maybe some other way. There might be things that happen. So here's what uh, my buddy Schnabel says. Christians should not be surprised if their opponents use all means possible from intimidation, smear campaigns, even legal action. But Christian preachers must refuse to be cowed by opposition. Christian peach, <laughs> preachers must, be, uh, must refuse to be cowed by opposition. Now that doesn't just mean the guy up front that happens to be preaching. Everybody here is a Christian preacher of some form. You just are. If you're a Jesus follower, you preach Jesus somehow. So, comprehensive ministry and understand from this passage that opposition will will come. And then one more thing, <laughs> and you know, I, I am unapologetically saying this pretty much every week. <laughs> so once again, lean into the Holy Spirit. Now, I, I know I frustrate myself. Well, how do we do that exactly, Kurt? I need a formula and five steps, seven steps, 12 steps, one step. Uh, all I can say is the way you lean into the Holy Spirit is seeking God and praying and saying, God, I want your spirit to work and move in me. Uh, you know, uh, that's, that's at least the beginning. You need to seek the spirit. You need to uh, be like Stephen. I wanted to just point out really cool in verse 8 again, the top of the passage. He was a man full of grace and power. He even performed great wonders and signs among the people. You know, it's remarkable what he was doing. And again, uh, it is an interesting thing that it was not one of the apostles. It was Stephen, one of the seven. I, and I don't know if there's an answer for that except to say this isn't just for the leaders, you know, the top of the uh, leadership food chain or something that everyone could be a part of uh, of being a part of this. You might be uh, persecuted. You might be used greatly by God, even if you're not one of the apostles originally or some leader. So that, but but um, uh, seek the Spirit, uh, and I want to say, but don't try to manipulate the Spirit. Here's, here's something I wanted to read again from my buddy, whom I've never met. While signs and wonders may and do accompany Christian ministry, they are not the explanation for the effectiveness of Stephen's ministry. Let that sink in a little bit. I'm going to read it again. Signs and wonders may and do accompany Christian ministry, but they are not the explanation for the effectiveness of Stephen's ministry. He was filled with the Spirit and was able to be an effective minister of the gospel because of that. The signs and wonders in some ways might be a little bit of gravy. Signs and wonders cannot be used as a strategic or tactical means of making ministry effective. By definition, they are divine interventions in history which cannot be controlled and must not be manipulated by human beings. So look, we are very open to the Spirit of God working inside of each one of us, yes? 
Yes. What that looks like, as we've said from the beginning, when the Spirit came at Pentecost, God gets to decide how those things are manifest. Now we know Paul later on, just cheating a little bit, going outside of Acts into other New Testament books, he does say, seek the greater gifts. So whatever that looks like, it's still not a place for us to uh, manipulate or try to maneuver, right? We want to say, there's a perfect song today, I surrender all. I surrender to God using me the way he wants to use me. So, as always, lean into the Holy Spirit. And I wanted to also add, check out Stephen's response. I've, I've, I would say it was a very measured response. Again, we've talked about this a little bit in the past with these arrests and the, perse- or the, yeah, the persecution of the uh, gospel preachers, of the leaders of the Jesus movement, the apostles. Um, uh, but Stephen, at the, at the end of the passage, they even noticed themselves... Uh, the Sanhedrin, this uh, legal board that is interviewing, investigating, and basically prosecuting Stephen, they saw that his face was like the face of an angel. Now, that's a contrast to me as the face of a defiant protester who, who's being set up! Urgh! Really? Not even a chuckle. It's okay. Okay. That's not Stephen. He has a measured response because the Spirit of God is working inside him. And so we have to say again, when you lean into the Spirit, it doesn't look like the world looks. It just doesn't. It's measured, it's calm, it's a trust. There are a couple of really good songs out there today. I hope you guys occasionally listen to, uh, I, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not on K-Love's payroll or anything, and now we all have Spotify and Pandora anyway. But there's really some great Christian songs going around right now. One of them, uh, in every high and every low on mountain, I won't be able to do it now, mountain peaks down broken roads, you're still my rock, my hope remains. I rest in the arms of Jesus come what may. I rest in the arms of Jesus, come what may. And there's a couple more songs. I'm hoping we'll, Cindy and I are talking regularly about stuff, and I hope we see uh, one of them that talks about, my only hope is in Jesus. It's not in a protest. It's not in hiring a better lawyer. It's not in gathering an army. My hope is in Jesus. And I want to have a measured response as I lean into the Holy Spirit. Are you with me, church? Okay. So now there's one other thing for us, and uh, this is me, this is my attempt to be clever. Attempt. The last thing for us is to realize that today's passage is a setup. It's a setup for next week, so y'all need to come back. Because we set up one of the most important, significant speeches in Acts, and Stephen's going to give it. So, Besides all the other parts of the setup that this was for Stephen himself, it's a setup for me to say, please come back next week. Uh, again, I will, I will be here. Uh, my plans will be to travel after next Sunday and take care of some things, but I will be here because uh, I'll, I'll be here. So come back and see what happens with Stephen as we look further into the movement and look further in Acts. Let's pray. God, I'm so thankful for I'm so thankful for this church, for the support and love we have as a church a spiritual community. I'm so thankful for the way you show yourself evident. God, I'm thankful for the way uh, we
we can look into your word and find things for us even, even in 2022 in Kansas. So God, I pray that as we look even at a passage like this that talks about a strong, faithful servant of yours being set up by the opposition, God, uh, that we can take heart and be encouraged because we know he trusted you and we're going to see how, uh, how that turns out. But God, I pray that we would be mindful of what it means to lean into your spirit. Oh God, I pray that for my people here. Thank you for the way your word speaks to us. God, continually help us to see how we can live on mission as the early church did. God, thank you for, uh, for a generous church. I pray that you would be with everyone who gives today. I pray that you would bless the offering and the tithes. And God, for anyone who needs your touch and your special presence, I pray that you would grant it to them. And I pray we would know what it means to uphold one another in prayer. So I thank you for today. And God, as we part company, I pray that you would bless us. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So as usual, and like I said, I tried to set you up a little earlier about those connection cards. If you'd like to drop a card in the bucket, that would be great. We want to pray for you. We want to know what's going on. Uh, you can also drop an offering or your tithes in those buckets as well. Appreciate your generosity so much. And otherwise, uh, groups will start around 11. And uh, hope you have a great week. Peace.